Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No, 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 one. no one. No one gives you fatties like Skippy and Fish. Show me the money. Let's get it rolling. BetQL. Picking fatties. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. Another BetQL Picking Fatties podcast. Thanks for the listen. It's Thursday, July 7th, 2022, Bish and Skippy from D.C. and Colorado Springs. Dylan Burns up there in Jersey producing. Keep up the downloads, subscribers. Of course, you can tweet us at Picking Fatties. Let's start the show today. Good friend of ours. We have him on the Junkies all the time. Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. And uh, you can listen to his podcast, The Cover 3. What's up, Chip? How you doing, buddy, from down there in Raleigh? Chip, what's up, Chip? And we are... Uh, it's- it's sweltering, baby. It's steamy, right? You know, like that was the 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 first lesson I had with my two year old as we set out foot to uh, go to daycare. I was like, I said, "Oh, it's steamy." And he said, "Steamy." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And like, you know, I, obviously, like in in DC, you know, steamy. You know, this yeah. is it's that time of year. But man, we're we're doing good. Like it's been insane on the college football beat. July always marks the beginning of truly talking about college football. But now we're not only got the seasons. Uh, that we have to break down and we got win totals. We got to break down. We got media days coming up. And now also as we're at these conference media days, it's just going to be rumors circulating all over the place with conference realignment. So it crazy, crazy time in college football, no doubt. Well, all right, let's just start with that. And obviously UCLA and USC jumping uh, in a couple of years. Um, I don't know really where it's going to end. I know that when we talked to you on our show uh, in the morning on Junkies, you talked about the Big Ten possibly going to 18 or even 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if they did that, I mean, you can't have nine or 10 team divisions. I'm guessing it would just be one big division. And then you're playing whoever. Maybe UCLA plays Maryland every three years or something. I don't even know how that would work. But um, so what's the next step for the Big Ten or the SEC, in your opinion? The Big Ten is waiting on Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is using its uh, lawyers to go through its agreement with the ACC to basically come back with a number or come back with a a plan of action, whether it's legal, whether it's financial, to – free to free Notre Dame from its agreement with the ACC in a way that would allow it to join the Big Ten. I think that Notre Dame might ultimately choose to stay put and try to remain independent as long as possible, which is what makes this so interesting because in the immediate wake of the news, you know, it was a, the Big Ten's not done yet. The Big Ten's not done yet. I have also been told to be patient because one thing that we've learned from these realignment waves is that sometimes they do take years. And I think right. I think we start with Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC as the beginning of this wave. It took a whole year before we got to the next wave with USC and UCLA. So, you know, we might go into the football season with no more major moves. But in general, what's next for the Big Ten? I think the Big Ten is going to see if Notre Dame is going to make itself available. If Notre Dame wants to join the Big Ten, the Big Ten will add Notre Dame. The Big Ten may then uh, go after someone on Notre Dame's regular schedule. 
that's where someone like Stanford might be particularly attractive. That would get you up to 18. Then do you want to continue to build out a West Coast presence? We know that Washington and Oregon are both members of the AAU, you know, that that old that old uh, old boys club, like the academic frat, the nerds where they like sniff the red wine and because they all like have a very high level uh, academics and research institutions. You know, those are things that possibly could happen. But the Big Ten is not going to make another move, in my opinion, unless it's adding Notre Dame. You mentioned the SEC. The SEC is good. The SEC will gladly welcome valuable brands if they become available. If the ACC starts to get picked apart, it would, you know, be there for a Clemson, a Florida State, a Miami as a potential landing spot. But they're also not going to be an instigator because uh, one thing you always have to remind fans is when you add another team, you are also adding another mouth to feed. And so you really have to be able to say, like, I am going to bring enough value to your bottom line that everybody's paycheck is going to go up. And honestly, after like Texas and Oklahoma, Notre Dame, like the number of brands that will really add value, uh, it's very, very limited list. You know, Clemson is kind of a new blood. It is not a blue blood, and it's right. uh, more of a regional draw than a national draw. So I think the SEC is waiting to see what happens elsewhere. I think the Big Ten is waiting on Notre Dame. It seems like in a moment we were going to see all of the college world get shaken up in the what week or so, or six days since we talked. I've been I've been told to have a little bit more patience with the process. So I wanted to ask you more about Notre Dame because, and that's interesting that you talk about just having another mouth to feed. Because if these Big Ten schools are all getting roughly $100 million, but well, if you're adding two or four schools, well, obviously that pie gets chopped up a little bit more. Right. But but in terms of Notre Dame's chances of going to the college football playoff, I feel like if they go to the Big Ten, certainly if they go to the SEC, I don't see them ever winning 10 or 11 games. I don't see that because the schedule gets a lot tougher. Certainly if they went to the SEC, they've proven they can't handle the athletes in the SEC. Big Ten may be a little different. But you know how their schedule works. I mean, they play the you know BYU's and Navy and uh, Stanford teams like that. Well, if they go into the Big Ten, they're pay playing the real deal most weeks. So they're not going to have those 10, 11 win, win seasons that they used to have when they were going to the playoff when they're independent. As we sit here right now, there's no college football playoff beyond 2026. There's no format. So right. like imagining what makes the college football playoff is not something that's going to drive these decisions. You know, Jack right. Swarbrick. And Greg Sankey, you know, they put together the model that was voted down eight to three with the three no's being the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. Like, are we here if we go ahead and have this new college football playoff 12-team format set moving forward? I don't know. That's something that we're going to continue to relitigate re re for years to come because the truth of the matter is uh, we do not have a postseason championship format beyond the next couple seasons. It hasn't been agreed upon. Okay. It hasn't been handed out to a media rights provider. That Do I think that part of the Big Ten's motivation was to make sure that ESPN did not have sole control of the college football playoff for the next 12 years? Yes. The Big Ten is being advised yeah. by Fox. You know, it is a majority, Fox is a majority owner in sort of the Big Ten's uh, media rights uh, package. And I think that they wanted to make sure that this thing went to market that other, other companies, Fox included, were going to be able to bid on this. And so 
what makes the college football playoff is not at all going to be part of the thinking when it comes to conference realignment. And you mentioned the schedule. That's yeah. what that's what makes us uh, adding USC so fun is that the Big Ten can quietly add all of Notre Dame's regular rivals. And then all of a sudden, when you join the Big Ten, you've got the exact same schedule that you had in Independence, and you can have it right here. I do think if we get to 18 or 20 teams in the Big Ten, I think that we might not see non-conference games. I think we could see 10-game conference schedules, 12-game conference schedules, um, and who knows? Maybe even we're not talking about the college football playoff because the Big Ten just holds its own playoff, and the SEC holds its own playoff, and their yeah. champions play each other. Like The idea that we don't have a true postseason format beyond 2026 means that everything is on the table in terms of the future of how we decide a national champion. Okay. All right. Good points. All right. Quickly, we've got to let you go here soon. Let's just talk about uh, a couple of win totals in the ACC down there near you. Uh, first of all, Clemson right now uh, on FanDuel, their win total is 10 and a half. Obviously, bad year last year in terms of no ACC championship. Um, obviously no college football playoff, bad quarterback play DJ the year before when he filled in with Trevor Lawrence threw for 300 yards in both games. All right. He didn't throw for, I think he threw for 200 yards once or twice last year. Terrible. Um, but they lost a lot of, uh, uh NFL talent. They lost Venables. Um, I don't even know if DJ is the clear number one. Cause I know they got the, the, the stud club, Nick, the uh, yeah. freshman, um, I don't know. You could talk to talk to me about that, but I noticed they didn't have a ton of transfers either. There's a lot. Virginia Tech has so many more transfers coming in than Clemson, and I don't know if that's um, a Dabo thing or if they just felt like they were set. But talk to me about the motivation for Dabo and just the roster in general, in your opinion. So the defense is one of the best in the country. Um, they were one of the best defenses of the country last year, even sustaining season-ending injuries to guys like Brian Brzee. I mean, Clemson at the end of the season had 32 scholarship players, I think, that were all missing action because of injury. And it was a very much a, a shell of a team that went on that six-game winning streak. Hey, it was a down year, a dismal year. They finished 10-3. and three. Right. Like, that's the right. thing that makes right. like 10-5 and five so silly. Uh, 10-and-a-half so silly is I sit here and I'm like, I – I think I would go over, and I would think I would go over because even with mediocre quarterback play, this defense is so good that they're going to be able to beat most of the teams on their schedule. Georgia Tech, Furman, Louisiana Tech, Wake Forest, Boston College, Florida State, Syracuse, maybe, probably Louisville, probably South Carolina. The only places where it gets tricky are NC State, Miami, and Notre Dame, and guess right. what? Two of those, NC State and Miami, are both going to be in Death Valley. The NC State game is a revenge game after losing in double overtime last year up in Raleigh. I could see them absolutely going to South Bend and losing, but at 10 and a half, as you know, one of the biggest numbers you're going to find on the board in college football, I still think that you do not even need big steps forward for DJ Uyunglele. You do not even need uh, five-star freshman Cade Klubnik to show up and have the kind of year that Trevor Lawrence did as a true freshman when he led Clemson to a national championship. You just need average quarterback play from some combination of the two of them, and I think that they'll be able to run the ball well with Will Shipley, a player that I like a lot. Kobe Pace is a good uh, you know, counterpunch running back. That one-two in the backfield with the quarterback – they're wide receivers. Again, you've got the situation with like Bo Collins, Joseph Nagata, guys who are blue chips, but just haven't really flashed at close to Clemson. They'll get in my ears and they're like, Hey, listen, I'm telling you, they've really been challenged. I'm telling you, they are taking it on themselves to level up. 
well, that's some off-season talk that you're going to you know, say to the media, right? But if they do it, and if the quarterback play is good, now we're talking about a team that could contend for, I don't know, a national playoffs. championship. Yeah, playoffs. They have a shot at the playoff. That schedule, if they run the table, they're in. Yeah, so I'm, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this and saying at 10 and a half, I feel I comfortable saying over. Uh, Notre Dame could be a loss, but the home away schedule breaks pretty well, and uh, and I think the defense is going to be the real calling card of this Tigers team. I, I'll just say this, and we're going to move on to, to the Hokies real quick, but um, Notre Dame, I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. All right, now it is a road game, and NC State right down there in your backyard, you're probably three minutes from the campus. They, they probably have the best quarterback in the conference. Everybody Where, loves him, though. I don't. I don't agree with that. Oh, I like. I like Leary. So okay. the thing that Skip here's what's interesting about NC State: the offense as a unit was not great last year. Their defense was so underrated last year. It was Green. crazy. It was crazy. Agreed. I think, like, I look at NC State and I'm like, you've got a top ten defense and a top fifty offense. But here's the thing: is they've got a schedule full of coin flips. And what helps you win a close game? An excellent defense and a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. He had 35 touchdowns to five interceptions last year. So you, you're really counting on Devin Leary. He could be the best quarterback in the ACC, but I don't think there's enough else around him for them to be able to have a big impact against this Clemson defense. Okay. Hey, to me, the, the, and then we'll move on to the, the three most motivated teams in the country this year. Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, all for different reasons, but no question. With the the edge, agree. The edge that they've had all offseason at those three places yeah. is notable for sure. Yes. All right. Um, all right. So quickly, we'll move on to Virginia Tech. Obviously, I got two daughters there. I'm in the state. I've got listeners going, why don't you talk more Hokies? I said, listen to me and Chip today. We're going to talk Hokies. So win totals at six and a half. Obviously, Chip last year was a disaster, six and seven, but they gave up you know, seven, seven, eight games into the season. They fire Fuente. Um, quarterback situation was terrible last year. They bring in Grant Wells from Marshall. I like him. Uh, I like him a lot. And um, obviously Brent Pry, whole new staff. He's got a lot of energy. He can recruit in the state. He proved that when he was at Penn State. Um, ton of transfers. We just talked about Clemson not having a lot, but ton of transfers for for uh, Virginia Tech, including the receiver they brought in from Temple, I think it's going to be pretty good. Anyway, Virginia Tech, six and a half. Just kind of your thoughts on the Hokies in general and the schedule. Yeah, Over. So the- Over. <laughs> Maybe. So you are hoping that Brent Pry can give you a kind of situation that Mel Tucker and Michigan State had last year. They had 16 guys in from the transfer portal. Kenneth Walker III obviously is going to be the name that flashes, but there were so many key contributors at all levels of the team that were able to come in, gel, buy into what they were selling, and really help that team take a massive, massive step forward. Now you're a year behind where Mel Tucker was. Obviously, that was year two. This is year one. But I do think that there is... Uh, there is a high floor, even with all the roster turnover, for what the Hokies can do this year. And there is a favorable schedule for this to be able to be uh, a special season in Lane Stadium. Here's what I mean by that. Like, if I'm the first thing I'm gonna do with Virginia Tech is I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna start, you know, hitting the L's. And I'm like, okay, like at Pitt, probably a loss. At NC State, probably a loss. At UNC, eh, probably a loss. But then it's like, if the guaranteed losses are all on the road, 
that leaves a lot of favorable games at home where you're going to get the Georgia Tech at home. You're going to get West Virginia at home, Wofford, Boston College. Like all of a sudden you start to put this together. And I tell you what, I keep looking at this. There, these are small, small margins in my projected wins, right? Like this thing could flip the other way and they could be four and eight, but I've got them going seven and five. And so for six and a half, that could be an over. Just, just real quick, just kind of based on the schedule. Um, yeah, I mean, going to Carolina and Pitt, never easy. NC State going to be a loss. They, they won't beat them down there, I don't think. But a lot of these teams that they're playing, they, they have brand new quarterback situations. Carolina, Pitt, Pitt. Liberty. Um, I mean, Old Dominion, they should beat Old Dominion. Old Dominion can score a little bit, but they should beat them on the road. But I know they switched quarterbacks middle part of the year. But I don't think that they're facing a ton of great quarterbacks. JT Daniels, I think, is in West Virginia now, isn't he? Yep. Is and he's a, and they've also got Graham Harrell as their new right. offensive coordinator. Right. So that'll be difficult for that defense. But again, you're I just don't see a lot of I just don't see a lot of really good quarterbacks they're facing. Well, yeah, it's just in like, what do you think Keaton Slovis is going to be able to do with Pitt? How much right. you know, like Kenny Pickett was awesome, but Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, is now gone. Uh, you're going to Signetti, who came over from Boston College. I think Pitt's going to go away from the wide-open offense that they had and just go back to, like, Pat Narduzzi defensive coordinator ball. which Me is too. like totally. don't, make, don't make a mistake. Just run it and rely on our defense. And Pitt's defense will be good, but I'm, I just – I do think that there's a lot of um, favorable matchups. There's a lot of coin flips on the schedule. And so looking at that, I, I just I see it ending up seven and five, which when you consider the the talk and the feel around the Virginia Tech program near the end of last season, you would you would have thought the bottom was falling out, but they still won six games. So it's just a it's it's a high floor kind of program, and that's something that I probably speaks to Beamer and and everything and all the people that invest so much uh, into that program. Losing to Maryland in the bowl game was bad because that's all I, I heard. All that shit up here on the show. A couple of Maryland grads that I do the show with. That's all I heard, and I wanted to tell them. First of all, they never watched the Hokies, so they had no idea what was going on. And I wanted to tell them, do you understand how bad the quarterbacks were? That's right. not going to be the quarterback situation next year. Prize going to bring someone in, and he did. Hey, Chip. Thanks a lot, man. You were awesome. We're going to get you on again closer to the season. All right. Uh, enjoy the heat down there in Raleigh. Mm -hmm. If I'm ever down there in Cary, I'm hitting you up. And you can show me around. Absolutely. Yep. Would love to. All right. My man, Chip Patterson. Thanks, Chip. Right. That was Thank awesome. Thank you, brother. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Talk to you soon. All right. That's Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, uh, CBS Sports HQ, and, of course, the Cover 3 podcast. Skippy, I'm getting excited, my friend. I'm getting excited. I, I love it when because I couldn't have agreed. I almost I agreed with literally everything he was saying. Like, yeah. I think Clemson is uh, – I just think they're going to be so motivated. I think that defense is nasty. Like you said, I'm telling you right now, these teams that are – like Virginia Tech's bringing in 15, 16 – and that kid, Wells – I like he, him. Man. He started like as a freshman. He had a better freshman year, I think, than last year. But he's a tough kid, and he's going to have some better athletes here than he had at Marshall, and more a little more wide open. I'm hoping because Marshall sometimes did not play that way with with the coach they had. I like him though. He had a sick. In fact, he boned me on a few plays. There were times when you know you went against Marshall. He was a freshman, and he lit it up. So I like him a lot. I I think the six and a half is. I think Carolina takes a step back. 
Didn't Carolina lose their quarterback to Sam? What's his name? Sam okay. Howell. Yeah, he's gone. He's you, a, that's, that, he's, these programs that have had these guys like Howell and Pickett, it's just hard to fit. And Narduzzi's such a defensive coach. I, I can see Virginia Tech having a better year than people think. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I know Slovis transferred from USC, but, you know, there's yeah. a reason he lost his – there's a reason he lost his job at USC. You know what right. I mean? Same with JT Daniels. There's a reason he's at his third program. He right. was he was hyped at USC. Then he was hyped that he was going to start at Georgia. He couldn't even beat out Stetson. Now, you can say what you want about Stetson. He's just Stetson. He's just a Stetson. He ain't great. That's what he is. Right. He's not great. All right. So, no. I, just, I just think Grant Wells is going to – make that offense much better than it was last year. Last year was a complete disaster. They played a couple different quarterbacks who probably shouldn't have been there. Um, Fuente had kind of lost the team. And when I just look at their schedule, I got to pull their schedule up again. You and I talked the oh, OD, ODU, ODU on the road. I get it, but they should beat Old Dominion just based on overall talent. Boston College at home, Wofford at home, West Virginia at home. JT Daniels, okay, I get it. But you got four winnable games. They should be four and up. Now maybe they slip up and lose to a BC or West Virginia at home. But that that West Virginia game is an ESPN game on a Thursday night. Lane Stadium is going to be a fucking madhouse. So I I see them at four and zero before they go on the road to go Carolina Pitt. Yes, NC State on the road will be tough. Uh, Virginia at home will be tough because they got uh, Armstrong back and he's legit. But they're just their schedule. Miami at home. I'll be there. The schedule is looking like a seven-win schedule. Well, and we thought Fuente should have been gone the year before. Yes. He stayed an extra year. So he had lost the team, and because you and I talked about it two years ago, and we are like, he, I'm, we thought it, we were shocked he wasn't gone. I like the number. I just think the ACC, I think there's some teams are going to take some step backs. Uh, like, like I said, I think Pitt, Carolina, I just feel that way. And I feel like there's always that team. I feel like Virginia Tech's going to, going to make the next move this, take, go to the next level this year, eight or nine wins. I know that sounds crazy, dude. It can I happen. Mean, can telling can you imagine, shows. can you imagine Pry getting eight or nine wins in his first year? How many? I can see them? eight though, because I'm telling you these transfers make all look, we saw it with Michigan state. I brought it up on this show twice now. And you just heard him. It's the one program he brought up and talked about. They had, 15 or 16 guys starting from other. I mean, you just can't, you can't predict for that. I'm just saying you can't predict for that. I love it. Let's go to the picks, baby. Already? We're doing picks already? Aren't we? Or no, it's, I didn't know. I thought we'd have to recap last night first. Oh, recap the fatties and you recap it. Go ahead. Well, hold on. So we go three and oh last night, Richie. Correct. I'm pretty sure we're 16 and nine in the last 25. And I'm going to say about, Seven or eight of those sixteen, maybe six or seven, are were plus money. But we're on a little bit of a roll. And, and you personally, well, out I'm of the, out of the sixteen wins, you have about eleven of them. So I'm going to tell you that because I was on a little bit of a slide, and now, in fact, tonight's game. Good God, we're doing it again. We're double banging it. We're double banging it again. I love it. We are. Um, but I, I love you know, I love the three and oh. I'm hoping we're getting a little love out there. And baseball's hard, especially when you're picking two and three games a night. But uh, just kind of recapping some of the things last night in baseball. First of all, I, I, Shohei Otani has been unbelievable. His last six starts can't hit him. Can't hit him. Last six starts. I'm pretty sure he's given up one total earned run in his last six starts. Anytime he pitches, they win. They can't win any other game with their four other starters. They can't do it. No, but, but when, he's sick. He's sick. 
His ERA is that he started off slow in April. His ERA was about mid fours in April, but man, he's been unbelievable the last three months, two and a half he's months. Just, he's just going to get just a boat, a truckload of chips in his bank. And what he's just going to get a truckload because he can do both. I mean, he not only, I mean, he's a becoming a better pitcher right before eyes, but when he gets the stick going too, I mean, come on, silly. No, I know. And I, I just think that, um, and of course, on the East Coast, people don't pay attention, but his numbers have been so stupid. And, How about uh, the Yankees last night? The Yankees. The Yankees. Well, I told night. you they took the night off the night before. It's zero to zero, and someone said someone hits me up, and they're like, "I don't know, Bish is going to split again." And then I look up, and it's five nothing, and I'm like, "Well, he's not out of the woods yet." And the next score I looked was sixteen to nothing. I'm like, "What the?" So in like two innings, they scored like eleven. I mean, just crazy. crazy. Did you tell him that I said? The Yankees took the night off on Tuesday and they Correct. were going to come to play on Wednesday. I told him that right oh, now, you listen, I said right now he has a direct fucking line to Nostradamus. That's what I told him. And that's a fact. <laughs> anyway, only reason the Nats beat the Phillies is because Jojo Gray, their best pitcher pitched last night. He's been awesome. He gets the win. Uh, even though Schwarber went deep twice, he just kills yeah. the Nats. Yeah, um, two solo shots. And the Dodgers win. I can't believe the Dodgers scored two runs against the Rockies. That's, Dude, that's kind of embarrassing. it's the whole series. I think two get two of the three games were two to one or something, and one was five to three. Somebody's busting out tonight. I'm just going to tell you that. I talked right. to him before we get to the picks. You want to uh, you want to hit San Francisco and the Rams? You want to push that to tomorrow? I think we have to uh, push that. Oh, I know. No, I'm sorry. We got to talk about Baker Mayfield real quick. Oh yeah, we'll hit Baker today. We'll we'll do the Rams and the uh, Niners tomorrow, Niners tomorrow, along with a couple of other uh, SEC schools tomorrow because we're All right. we're running up against it. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so Baker gets traded for. Think about this. So Baker Mayfield was the first pick in the draft in what was that 18, 2018? So yep. and four and a half years later, he is traded for a fifth round pick. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we saw. I knew last year in game one game one with him i said this is the moment of truth you remember the game they played at kansas city they were winning the game they were dominating the game actually early on and into the third quarter then the pitcher the the punter for cleveland who has the longest hair of any nfl player i've seen but couldn't catch the snap drops it i think that's the the cleveland punter but either way the game got close and then it came down to the final drive, and I said, now this is where Baker separates himself from last year, or he's the same Baker. Can he drive them down the field? They only needed a field goal, I think. Or maybe they lost by seven. Either way, they needed a score. And what did he do? He threw an absolutely under-pressure, horrible interception game over. And I said to myself, he's finished. He's the same. Old. And he was. And that's why, is he going to make a huge difference? He'll come in with a lot of fire. That's why I do like that total because he he kind of comes in with that fire, right? Teams get sized. Remember, you and I watched him his rookie year at your house against the Jets. It was a Thursday. I think it was a third, and he led him down the field for the victory. Do you remember that game? We watched it right at your – and we actually had chips on it, and we won it. But he, he, but he just makes teams – he comes in, and he's going to get everyone excited. But unless he made some changes in his – decision-making to me, and you can say what you want, but decision-making in the NFL is not like college. It is everything. And he makes bad decisions year after year, game after game. He does, but and I was high is, on him, but he's finished. I agree with all that. But my point is 
he's better than Sam Darnold. Now, he might not be leaps and bounds better. He, he might not be three or four wins better than Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold is, is not he two? good. Is he two wins better? Because what you're telling me is two. You, I think, then you I think love he's two. the over. Then you love the over. I do like the over. Um, I also love think it. that I also think that playing in Charlotte is going to be a hundred times better on your body and for throwing the ball than playing in Cleveland. Cleveland, you've Absolutely. got rain, snow, and wind, and colder than balls in the winter. right, and certainly in the last half of your schedule, right. And yep. think about the teams in your division. You're playing at Pittsburgh and you're playing at Baltimore. He plays all good weather them. games. He plays all, all all his games, at least in his division and at home, which means right. he's going to get 11 out of 17 are going to be super warm weather games. So think about last year. Baker's last six games were at New England, Detroit at home. That was a really cold day. That was in late November. Baltimore on the road, Baltimore at home, at Green Bay, at Pittsburgh. Those were his last right. six games. Think about the right. weather in those six six games. The Green right? Bay game was in a snowstorm, to be because I I think that was the I I want to say it was at the Christmas Day game. Either way, it was a good game. It was a high scoring game. No, too. the Green Bay game. The Green Bay game was on Christmas. Yeah, and it was a high scoring yeah. game. I believe it was in a complete snowstorm. And it was. Aaron Rodgers went off late, and again Baker threw bad picks when they were in the game and everything else. But yes, bad. So weather. my point is, he's going to have much better weather, and I think that's going to help him. It's got his numbers. I'm not saying they're a playoff team. I'm just saying they're going to be better. And right. They're going well, to be better why than I, Arnold. I, that's why I loved the five and a half when we had your other your guy on two weeks ago, and he was talking about, you know, Baker's probably going to go there. Well, that you know, with Darnold, they're going to get. I mean, they started off three and zero last year. I know they went. They only won five games, and they went two and twelve to end the year. But I just, I just think the five and a half with Baker, if if everybody stays healthy. Now, of course, McCaffrey's as fragile as it gets. So if he was actually going to stay healthy for one year. I'm just telling you they're going to get the number. You well, heard it. Nostradamus 100%. told me. If Nostradamus told you, then it's going to happen. All it's right, money. time for the picks. Time time to, to get the picks out there. Uh, of course, I got a two-pack. You've got a prop. Do you want to start with your prop? Yeah, I'll stop. I'll, I'll start because I – officially coined my name myself last night the prop boy that's my new name prop boy in baseball every day a prop every, so the right. new format every day you have to give a total and a run line which you're going to do and i'm going to give a prop today my prop it happens to be a double banger my prop is over five in the first five innings in the rockies game i just like it keiko or is that how you say his name kukul kuchi his ERA is near seven. Yeah, and he's just he used to be cash money. He's he's a lefty. Both both guys in the in the 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 uh the kid for Colorado is a lefty as well. I just feel it. I feel like Colorado's been shut down for a few days. Arizona, I know we talked about their ridiculously poo-poo hitting lineup, but they've been hitting it every day. They hit it again last night, so I just feel like they're hitting the ball. I'll take the five in the Rockies who were shut down, like I said, by the Dodgers, and they're just they're Jones and to hammer the ball tonight. And I so it. over five in the first five. Yeah, through five. Yep, through the first five. Keuchel's ERA. I'm sorry, I, I gave him props with the seven ERA. His ERA is nine six four. Yeah, and I just feel like he's he's just not having a good year. And I just feel like these two teams, Arizona and Colorado, when they get together, do play some overs. And I just like the first five over. I'm in. All right, um, I'm going to double bang it. And I'm going to go over the nine in the Rockies Diamondbacks game for the game. 
I love you, that. You just gave a lot of the good points that I was going to touch on. Rockies uh, have not been hitting the ball great, but they played the Dodgers. So, um, you know, you're facing, a, obviously, a much better team. D-backs have been hitting the ball, especially at home. They can hit the ball at home. Um, but Keiko's going to get a hit up today. I think he's going to give up four or five, maybe six. So I like them to go over the nine. And then my run line play, I got to go with one of the hotter teams. Do you know if the Orioles played the AL Central, they probably would be leading the division? Well, they're way at this point for what people said about them, a bunch of no name. I mean, way overachieving from where you and I thought they'd be. Well, and they're beating teams that you didn't expect them to be. They just come off I mean. a sweep. They just come yeah. off a sweep with the Rangers. They were hitting the ball. Their starting rotation has actually been pitching pretty well in the last 20 games. Now, Lyles, who's pitching tonight, he hadn't been great, but his last start, he was really good. He, he's four and seven with almost a five ERA, but I'll take that. Um, Chase Silseth is, t- is pitching for the Angels, and I just talked about the Angels. They don't win games unless Otani pitches, and their lineup just strikes out all the time. So I'm going to lay the run and a half plus 170. Dude, that's. With the the biggest, that's the biggest money plus money yet ever on the show, which is can you continue to win? Can Nostradamus continue to touch it? I like that though. You're right. The Orioles are on fire. Come on, the Angels are just they're just not very good. Now, if you catch them on the right night, I get it. They can bang it and all that. And Lyles isn't great, but let's go, let's roll the Orioles. Let's get some plus money tonight. I like the Orioles run line plus 170, and I'll take the over nine and the Rockies D-backs, and you like the over in the first five. Over in the first five in the Rockies, and we'll be back tomorrow. That's right. Spread the word and tweet us. Spread the word, tweet us, spread it, subscribe. We need subscribers to more subscribers. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. See you tomorrow. Peace. What's up? It's Skippy. You've been listening to BetQL Picking Fatties. If you like what you hear from Bish and myself, make sure you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Leave a rating and you want to keep coming back every day because we have new episodes being released seven days a week and we're giving out fatties.